welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today I am talking to you from the front lines of the Malibu fire. Not exactly the uh, where the flames are, but living in Malibu, um, I am currently evacuated and have been since Thursday, uh, Thursday night when the fire started. And um, actually, I was uh, doing an interview um, on Fox 11, our, the channel in Los Angeles, uh, talking about the Thousand Oaks shooter. And the interview was a little bit postponed. I was, you know, in the studio for a while because the fire had started, and so, of course, that was breaking news, and we had lots of shots of the fire. And at the time, you know, it was um, in Thousand Oaks. It was in um, various, uh, the locations were north of Malibu uh, and east of Malibu, and although, of course, I was concerned and sad for the people, you know, in the area of the fire, I did not think that it would affect me. (laughs) Uh, Silly me. So then I got home and got a telephone message, checked my messages, and there was a message from um, Cal Fire or Ventura. I'm not sure who the message was from, but it said... um, this is a mand. You have you are in the mandatory evacuation area. You must evacuate now. Uh, the fire is imminent. Evacuate now. Well, so all of a sudden it came became very real. And um, but as I was gathering, you know, everybody tells you to uh, keep a, um, a valise, uh, bags you know, ready for, especially in California, whether it's fires or earthquakes, you know, these things aren't rare. So you should keep a valise or, you know, backpacks or various uh, things that you can take with you easily if you have to evacuate your home. And I do have that. But, you know, when you think about it, um, looking around the house, and trying to think of what else to take besides, you know, the, the things that I had identified before, important documents and photos and so on. I mean, you can't take all the photos. I can't, in any case, take all the photos um, because, you know, many of them were before we keep them, you know, in the cloud. Many of them are, are, are actually paper, printed photos. Um, and there's no way that you can go sweeping around your house gathering them all up, uh, nor can you go sweeping around your house gathering other important documents uh, that have come into your life since the valise that you put together. And especially, you know, I write books, so I have a lot of important um, documents, irreplaceable documents, that um, are waiting in line for, you know, until I use them to write my next book, for example. So there are, you know, it's just, it becomes, it's easy for people to say, oh, well, just put all your important things in, and I have said this, I have written this, put all your important things in a valise, and then you'll have them ready to take with you. But, you know, there really is a lot more than that, and, um and so when you're walking out the door, trying to get out the door um, before, ahead of the fire, and you, you look around, you know, of course it's important to take your computer hard drive to the memory on the hard drive, and I have that. Um, but but there's, it, it's like there's just too much. So, uh, so it's just easy to say, but really it's very easy to become overwhelmed when it actually is you. So in any case, um, I did get out I, with my family and my pets, and a dog and two cats, and then I had horses. I had one horse in Topanga and one horse in, um, um, at um, Saddleback Ranch, Saddle, Saddle, Saddle Rock Ranch, um, and, um, you know, had to worry about and make sure that those were evacuated. Well, the Topanga horse was evacuated to safety. 
uh, in enough time. But Saddle Rock, um, you know, there's been all kinds of confusion about what actually has happened at Saddle Rock Ranch. There was all this uh, brouhaha on social media about the giraffe in Saddle Rock Ranch, but there wasn't much about each of the horses. Finally, today, today, and this happened on Thursday that the fire started, I was able to see a picture of my horse. Somebody uh, from there took it, and I could see that she was safe. So in any case, as you can tell, this really created a lot of, um, a, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, um, a lot of displacement. I am actually staying in my mother's apartment at this point. And it is very difficult to do anything except stay glued to the television set. I think most of Los Angeles, if they have power, (laughs) um, are glued to television sets or if they're in a hotel that has power or a motel that has power after they've evacuated. So this is quite, quite a... um, This is like nothing that has ever happened before, and particularly in Malibu. Now, I've been, uh, I've lived, I love living in rural areas, so I have had my house been, um, well, I've been in mandatory evacuation zones before. I was in one a few years back in Calabasas, and I decided not to evacuate and to stay with a hose, a, a garden hose, and keep my house uh, water down. And then what happened was that after a while, uh, a good long while, but after a while, a fire truck came and sat by my house and um, protected it. And so I guess this time when I was again in a mandatory um, fire evacuation zone, when I was looking around my house and feeling somewhat overwhelmed, realizing I could not take all of it, <laughs> everything that was important, and put it in my car, um, I, I sort of had a, a more casual attitude, like I only took the clothes that I was wearing, <laughs> and I thought, well, there'll be another fire truck parked in front of my house. And then, of course, since Thursday night, I've been watching the um, the news, and um, Malibu, I mean, I, I have so far, let me just say, um, I have so far been very lucky, at least as of two days ago, um, and I am hoping that that is still the case today. But I have, have so far been lucky. In fact, there were fire trucks that came and sat in my street, um, and I am hoping that is that my house is still safe. But obviously, I'm still glued to the television set and to social media to see if that is true. So, still true. So, um I mean, I keep calling the fire engine house, and I've gotten through a couple of times, but most of the times, as one might hope, the firemen are out fighting fires, so that's a good thing. But um, there are all kinds of issues that have been brought up. I mean, I'm going to talk to you today about some of the psychological issues, which I can see from both sides. Both sides now has uh, someone going through this and as a psychiatrist, and um um, and I'm also, but there are also other issues like about why this is happening in the first place. And since I feel so um, so angry, I guess you know feelings that people are having who are who have been evacuated or who have stayed um, if they if their house has been if they know already that their house is burnt down or if they're still waiting and trying to find it out. Um, of course, there are feelings of anxiety. There are feelings of um, perhaps in some people PTSD if they were actually in, um, you know, if if they stayed a little too long and they were in a life-threatening situation. Uh, There's feeling of sadness because of the loss. I mean, you know, even if one's house, even if one was lucky enough to not have their house burned down, there is also the impact of anyone who lives in that neighborhood, the neighborhoods that were affected, and it's not just Malibu, of course, um, but the neighborhoods that were affected, you know, depending upon how um, severely your neighborhood was impacted, you will be seeing this every day. You will be seeing the charred hillsides and the charred houses every day for months if not longer, if, you know, um, how everyone's going to be rebuilding, you know, houses are not going to pop up, pop back up like in cartoons. 
So, um, so the you know there's uh, so it's lost even if your personal house didn't wasn't burned. Uh, of course, there's also the loss of your neighbors, feeling bad for your neighbors, feeling survivor guilt, um, feeling. Um, those are the main feelings, but there's also going to be anger. And this is what I want to talk about now before I get to some of these other things. Um, anger, rightfully so, quite frankly. One of the places that burned in Malibu, I mean, Malibu is like a ghost town, not just because people have been evacuated, but because so much has burned. And, um, and people talk about it looking like a bomb hit it. Uh, some people are talking about how it looks like 9-11. It's reminding them of 9-11 because of, of what it looks like, you know, like a bomb hit it, <laughs> uh, like an explosion happened, uh, which, it, which it did in a sense with the fire. Um, looking, the ashes, of course, reminding people of 9-11, uh, ashes flying in the air. The fact that people were running for their lives, you know, there was this whole traffic jam. People who, at first, um, some of Malibu was told was not told to evacuate. They kind of went back and forth in a number of different areas, even in my area. And so there, it turned out that a lot of people stayed. And so then, um, after a while, there was a traffic jam going down towards the south, towards Santa Monica on PCH. So even people, you know, people who had waited a little too long um, found that it was hard to get out. And um, so, so, but there are, there are all kinds of things um, to be angry about, notably how the uh, fire resources were deployed. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, I've been seeing on social media some things about how uh, it's, you know, I blame it all on Governor Jerry Brown, um, who I don't like anyway for lots of things that he's been uh, deciding. But in any case, this, of course, um, (laughs) hits me on a more personal level and um, really makes me not like him. Apparently, he vetoed a bill that would have given more fire resources to California. Now, this whole thing about the scarcity of of resources, and it it comes down to um, the fact that it's too little too late. He calls in resources from other parts of the state and other states way too late. He waits um, way too long, and houses are burned. You know, it used to be, I've lived in California in Los Angeles, um, you know, the Los Angeles County, I mean, the main part of Los Angeles, um, for, for a number of years. And it used to be, like what I was talking about before, when I lived in Calabasas, I had a fire truck parked in front of my house. It used to be, um, not for everybody and not all the time, but you pretty much could count on a fire truck being, being near enough your house to protect it. Not that way anymore. And it has to do with these, you know, the, everybody is blaming it on everybody else. The, it may have been, uh, there was an outage from Southern California Edison, and they had announced the outage, and then the fire broke out two minutes later. So, you know, they can't quite hide that. Uh, but they're blaming the, <laughs> the fire on climate change. Um, but, you know, if there had been, if resources had been called in at the very first site of the fire, um, more houses would have been saved. There's a fire raging in Northern California now, um, which has, uh, one of the towns was completely devastated. It's called Paradise. I mean, you know, what's the irony in that? Um, That town has burned to the ground. Now, all of this, well, maybe not all of this, but a lot of this, a lot of the damage to homes could have been prevented had Jerry Brown, the governor, called in resources from other states right from the beginning. It is known. I mean, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, they announce in the news all the time, this is fire season, this is fire season. So he should have been on alert to call in these resources. And um, and he didn't have to wait until the president uh, called it a, a, an emergency, a disaster area. I mean, he knew that it was going to be called a disaster area, so that's not an excuse either. 
And um, the number, there have been lives lost. I know it's more than 30. The toll keeps rising. And um, and when we come back, I will get into more details about this. um, And uh, about, you know, I'm hoping um, that there will be a lawsuit filed, a class action lawsuit filed against the governor, filed against whatever other people, agencies um, are. I don't know if there are and if there is anybody else other to blame than the governor. Uh, the state of California, I guess the, the lawsuit would be against. Uh, the firemen have been wonderful. I want to make sure no one misunderstands what I'm saying. These, that's the point. These firemen who were there um, have been working ten times harder than they should have had to work. They have been ten times more courageous ten times more exhausted and still working to put out the fires than they would have been had resources been called in early enough. Well, I'll end here, but when, I, when we come back, I'll tell you more about um, some of the things that have been happening in Malibu and elsewhere and talk to you about feelings, more feelings that people are having and more things to think about. Um, you know, about how people who are atheists all of a sudden become, uh, become religious when, you know, um, a call to God to help them when they're, when they're in, um, a life-threatening situation. Um, there's a whole thing about Malibu and there's all this, you know, these questions and all kinds of stuff on social media about, um, about people not caring about Malibu because they think everybody's a celebrity and rich there. And, I mean, it's really been disheartening to see some social media posts about, like, why should we care that, uh, like, um, that so-and-so has lost their house? I mean, they're a celebrity. They can buy another house. You know, it's not about the house, yes. People can buy other houses if they have enough insurance, which is another questionable thing. Um, but yes, theoretically, you know, people could, maybe they have to move to a smaller house, whatever. But it's not the houses per se. I mean, they're showing all these destroyed houses, and it's so sad. But it's not just the, the, the walls on the carpet and the chimneys. It's the, the, the contents that are in the houses. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And when we come back, I will tell you more from the front lines of the Malibu Fire. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. 
Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you from the front lines of the Malibu fire, not sort of literally, but not, not, not near the flames. I have been evacuated uh, and am in a different part of Los Angeles, but I live in Malibu, and I was told to evacuate on Thursday um, early evening. And um, I've been talking about how uh, there's a, besides all the feelings of anxiety and PTSD and depression and also shock and, um, you know, people just not being able to do much more than, uh, than be glued to their television set if they live in the burn areas to see what the new uh, current status is. I mean, I was feeling pretty good after hearing that my house was safe a couple of days ago and it seemed like everything was dying down, and then just this morning there was another flare that is threatening Malibu. So um, it has, and this has been going on since Thursday late afternoon, early evening. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, wow. (laughs) God, all those days are in a blur for me. Um... It's, you know, I, I really can have more empathy now for people in these kinds of situations because um, it's, hard to, it's hard to do to concentrate on anything else when you're still worried about what the status of your house is and your friend's house and just people's house, my neighbor's houses and people's houses in general, but, but of course, especially your own. In any case, before the break, I was talking about how Besides all of these feelings, there's going to be a lot of anger, and rightly so, um, notably uh, towards the governor of California um, for, for having vetoed, cut the budget, vetoed a bill uh, that would have given more money to, to um, protect California from fires and cutting the budget that was uh, for California fire resources and... Um, it's, you know, there in Malibu in particular, there has been so much devastation, especially in an area called Point Doom. Now, if you're not familiar, you can look it up on a map, and you'll see that Point Doom is a peninsula, and um, it juts out from the coast of Malibu, and there are, it's, in a way, it's its own little town, um, and there are a lot of houses, a lot of very nice houses, and um, a lot of celebrities live there, Barbara Streisand, for example. In fact, I was just told the other day that Barbara Streisand tried to get a private fire truck to protect her house, and she wasn't allowed, which was kind of interesting to hear that since I had spent that day looking for a private fire truck for myself. But by the time I acted on that idea, I had actually thought of it at the beginning, and then by the time I acted on it, when I got out of my denial and realized that, yes, this could affect my house, um, and I started calling all around, it was a little late to, I mean, all the private fire trucks were already committed elsewhere, but then I found out that even Barbara Streisand couldn't get a private fire truck, I'm sure she could get one, but not allowed in, which seems ridiculous to me why they wouldn't want more help. But anyway, um, so... um, so, you know, there, there has, in this area of Point Doom, there has been a particular amount of devastation and a lot of angry people, as you might imagine. And um, the one good thing about that, if you, you know, can find anything good about it, is that um, the, a lot of those people are very, are movers and shakers, are people who aren't going to just stand still um, and, and take it that there weren't fire trucks in their neighborhood. In fact, when um, with the various stations covering the fire, um, that was one of the places that was covered a lot, Point Doom. And um, some people had stayed behind to protect their home, and they're very happy that they did. And, you know, I've been kind of second-guessing myself um, why this time I didn't stay behind also, and it was kind of a false sense of security. But in any case, because of, you know, having been protected the last time, but in any case, um, a lot of these, when, when they showed houses burned on po- not just Point Doom, other places in Malibu, too, up the canyons, um, uh, on, on Malibu Canyon, on 
Decker, all different various places. It was kind of the same thing. It was just that because there were a lot of houses concentrated in one place on Point Doom that they were showing that had burned, um, you could see it more easily that um, that houses were burning and there was not a fire truck to be seen. Not a fire truck. And Point Doom, unlike the canyons, I mean, yes, it is hard to... Um, to fight fires up in the canyons, up in the mountains. But Point Doom is flat, <laughs> so there's no excuse. Um, you know, it, it, it would not be hard to fight fires there if there were fire trucks and firefighters. And yet, um, you know, number one, we had a, a lack to begin with, and number two, they were sent elsewhere. Now, there have been some nasty rumors on, the, on, the, uh, on social media saying that perhaps that was because, and I don't know that this is true, but I must say it does kind of worry me. And again, this did not happen to me. Um, I am very grateful that I had firefighters in Malibu in front of my house. Um, but I, I, since I've been watching television nonstop, I, I've seen other places. And um, the firefighters, as I said, have been doing their best. There just aren't enough of them because the, the government, the governor hasn't uh, provided for that, hasn't called in enough firefighters from other states. But in any case, it was so sad to see these blocks, blocks of houses burning and no fire and no truck and, and just streets, you know, where it wouldn't have been hard to fight the fires. So I am hoping that since, as I was starting to say, these are movers and shakers, that they will uh, begin a, a class action sh- suit against the governor, against the state, whoever, you know, are the responsible people uh, for not having called in more resources much earlier on from the very beginning, knowing that uh, how, what state the brush was in, you know, that we were um, a disaster waiting to happen. So what else can, oh, and I, I, I just want to say, I actually noticed this last year when there was the Napa fire and the Thomas fire, and this was happening already. It was last year, a year and a half ago, whenever those fires were, I was, and, and they devastated towns. Towns were burned to the ground, just like now. They looked like they were bombed. Um, even then, I was saying, why didn't they call in? It's, it's not just because it's in my neighborhood. Even then, I was saying, why didn't they call in more firefighters sooner from other states? Um, so this has been going on. I mean, it's not like we don't know what happens if there aren't enough resources. So this, this whole thing is really, really demoralizing, depressing, upsetting. There are a lot of people who are going to need a lot of help. Um, I'm, I made lists of, of um, stray thoughts that I was having while all of this was going on. Oh, I was starting to say about social media in Malibu that there were these nasty rumors that, yes, that, they, that firefighters had been sent to other towns, other places, because of this feeling that people in Malibu are rich, whether they're celebrities or just rich in other ways, because of other ways, um, and therefore they have insurance or they can have enough money to rebuild, and so you don't have to send firefighters there. Uh, I don't know. You know, um, I mean, there we don't know how uh, the resources were deployed. But that is yet, I'm sure that will be, or at least I hope that will be, investigated. Um, there, what else? Um, looking through my notes here. Um, you know, when people are evacuated, there are, um, and, and when you can't get back in, which you can't, um, they, actually they let people back in to a couple of areas, and now the fire, as I was saying, um, flared up again in some of those areas. So the people have to leave again. That's not Malibu, but um, in other areas that they thought were safe. And now all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking at the television right now, and, and it's <laughs> it looks like a movie. It looks like um, it, it's just hard to believe that that is really happening. Um, so, so the only way to, to see what's going on when you're evacuated is through television and social media. And unfortunately, a lot of social media, I don't think that people do it on purpose, or at least not most people, but a lot of, there's a lot of misinformation because people, everybody's trying to find out things. Um, and so rumors go around, you know, that, that houses were destroyed, that weren't destroyed, or vice versa. Um, 
Now, the firefighters, my heart goes out to the firefighters as well as the people losing houses because, as I was saying, they've had to work ten times as much as they um, worked before uh, because, because of not having enough resources. And so not only, you know, will they get some degree of PTSD or do they usually because of being in a life-threatening situation, but they're used to that. But what really will, will affect them even more in this fire, is that they have lost so many houses. They have been unable to save so many houses, and they take it very personally. And, uh, I mean, it's not their fault that they don't have um, enough uh, resources backing them up. Oh, what else can I tell you? Um, You know, they talk about uh, the fires claiming 30-plus lives. It's been at least 30. That's the last time I... Um, last time I heard, but I, I actually think it's more than that, particularly in Northern California. Um, and, but, you know, so claim, 30, let's just say, claim 30-plus lives. But it's not just 30-plus lives. 30 people, 30-plus people may have died in the fire or because of heart attacks or uh, various ways um, they didn't leave their home and they got burned um, various ways. But in a way, it, it's more than that. Whatever the real total is of the people who died because of the fire, it's a lot more than that because it claimed the lives of people whose homes were taken from them. Because, you know, although it's easy to hear people say, well, you can rebuild. That's what you know. they're throwing around. You can rebuild, but you can't rebuild the items that are in your house that are irreplaceable. Um, another thing that's really kind of um, annoying, if you can put your foot in the feet in the shoes of uh, someone going through this, um, is that the television coverage, the first days, the first couple of days, there was, you know, every, every station had something about the fire on. It was pretty much 24-7. Um, you know, some, some stations went to regular programming uh, sooner than others and more than others and so on, but there was a lot of coverage those first couple of days. But then um, it gradually was less and less, and, you know, it was very frustrating to see, like, um, a football game on instead of fire coverage or um, a, a stupid game show on or um, some other stupid <laughs> kind of show uh, instead of news about the fire. And it also, it, it, you know, not only is it uh, frustrating because you can't find out you're, you're that much more in the dark rather than that channel having news as well, but it's like showing you, well, you know, you may be a victim of this. You may have lost your house, but the rest of the world is going on, moving on. They're watching football. They don't care about you. So there's that. Um, then, um, you know, as I was saying before about the lives lost, you know, it can feel as if your life was lost if all your accomplishments are lost. One is your life savings to buy the home in the first place. And, yes, you may have insurance, but it never covers the whole uh, material loss, you know, um, because and in some places in, in California, including Malibu, uh, it's very hard to get a lot of insurance because in fire-prone areas, it's very hard to get sufficient insurance. But it's not just that. It's like all your work. Uh, I ran around trying to, you know, I was thinking, do I take one copy of each of my books? Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 what about, I, I, I mean, it was... <laughs> Uh, you know, and then you think, well, it's, you can have it in a PDF or you have it on your hard drive. Actually, my first book I don't have on a PDF. Uh, that was Bad Boys, and that was first published, the hardcover, in 97. So I don't have a PDF of that, but then I do have other people who have the book. But, you know, you, you have to, your mind has to go through all of these kinds of things. What about awards? Do I, what about the awards that I won for my in horseback riding competitions? I was thinking, should I take all these awards? Um, these ribbons, um, you know, I mean, all of these things mean something, and to move into another house that is missing your life the years before 
is not the same. Um, there have been these um, these um, press conferences, and so um, like sheriffs, uh, you know, and and are saying um, the your property doesn't matter as long as you get out alive with your family and your pets. Uh, again, chairs and tables don't matter. <laughs> that kind of property doesn't matter. Um, but the things that are personal and irreplaceable to you do matter. One thing um, I want to talk to you about is what you can tell your children when you um, are told to evacuate and um, what, you know, it's it's different. There are lots of, I mean, there have been so many families, um, so many different places evacuated um, parts of, of Woodland Hills, parts of Calabasas, Agora. I don't know if these, you know, I'm sure to some of you these places uh, mean something. Um, uh, Calabasas, Agora, what else? Uh, you know, I called my, <laughs> I called relatives in Woodland Hills. Uh, that was yesterday or the day before. All the days, as I said, are blurring together. But I called them early in the morning. Because, well, it wasn't that early. It was around 9 o'clock because I saw on the news all of a sudden there was a flare-up uh, on a ridge that was um, threatening Woodland Hills near where they live. And so I called up. And it turned out someone answered, not, not my relatives, but someone at the house answered. And it turned out that my relatives were still asleep. And they didn't even know that this fire was happening really close to them and threatening their homes. So it's that kind of thing. These are the kinds of things that are going on all over. But it's all, it's, you know, West Hills. It's, uh, I think I said, Thousand Oaks, Westlake, um, all of the different, the, the, um, uh, Oxnard, um, Camarillo, all of the different cities in the near the coast uh, of 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 LA. The you know from Malibu on up and and inland. Um, Topanga, as I was saying, well, so far, Knockwood, Topanga hasn't. Well, yes, it has been evacuated actually, but so far the fire hasn't hit Topanga, which is where one of my horses is stabled. So um, it is, it, you know, it's, I mean, it, I can't even, I don't, I can't even tell you how many thousands or hundreds, I think it was a, um, a figure, maybe I can find it out, but I think it was like 250,000 people evacuated, something like that, some crazy, crazy number. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more from the front lines of the Malibu fire, including uh, telling you about what to tell your children. I mean, perhaps, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you are fortunate in not being in the midst of this right now, but um, you may be in the midst of some kind of a disaster that you will have to evacuate for, and um, I will help you to know what to tell your kids. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking to you today from the front lines of the Malibu Fire. Not necessarily literally since I have been evacuated, uh, but I live in Malibu and am uh, experiencing this firsthand. Um, so far, my home as of two days ago was safe, but there keep being new flare-ups, and so I am keeping my fingers crossed. I can tell you some statistics so far. Um, there are over 96,000. Now, I'm just talking about the Southern California fire, um, the Woolsey, Woolsey fire and the Hill fire. Uh, those are the ones in so- Southern California that have been, and then there's the Peak fire also. Um, so um, there are over 96,000 acres burned. 35%, the Woolsey fire is 35% contained at this time, but for the longest time, days, Days that was it was zero percent contained. Now it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you get a lot of fire personnel in on a fire, the sooner you get a lot of personnel in on a fire, the sooner you can contain it. Um, it's easier to contain. The, the bigger it grows, the more personnel and other resources you need, and the harder it is to contain. So for days, it was 0% contained. Um, there are 57,000 homes or structures threatened. For, they're saying 435 destroyed, but that is an underestimate, underestimate because, um, you know, because they can't tell yet <laughs> all the structures that have been destroyed. There are three injuries and two fatalities in, the, um, in, the, in this Southern California um, fire. I mean, I was saying before 30-plus, that was including the Northern California fire. Um, you know, one of the things, one of the videos that has been uh, played over and over on uh, television stations and also on social media is a video that was taken by a woman who went up in the hills on Canaan Road. Um, it, it's it's a big road or canyon, a big canyon road that goes up from the um, from the beach, basically from the coastline to um, into. Um, well, I guess that would be, what would that be? Agora or Calabasas, Agora, I guess. In any case, it's a long road, and um, there are a lot of horses up there. And this woman, young woman, wanted to rescue her horses. And so she drove up, after the fire had started, she drove up Canaan Dune Road, and um, I'm not really sure how she rescued. It didn't seem like she had a trailer on the back of her car, but I think maybe she let them let them out. You know, that one of the things if you can't, if you don't, if you haven't evacuated horses soon enough, um, then it may be safer to let them roam free and run away from the fire than to keep them enclosed in a pen where they can just burn. Um, but in any case, that's why she went up there and she did something to save her horses. And this video is um, of her in her car. And so she's taking a video out the front windshield of her car, and she's saying, God, please help me, help me. And, you know, she's obviously this is the most chilling moment of her life. She was terrified with good reason. The fire, the, the red fire was all around her car. 
I mean, you couldn't really even see the road. She was driving into fire. It looked like she was driving into the fires of hell. And, um, and she was begging God to please help her. Now, you know, <laughs> one of the things that, um, that, that, that I got from that was how so many people, it's really sad that so many people have lost religion, don't go to religious services, um, are agnostics or don't even call themselves agnostics. They just don't, you know, they don't even pay attention to it, to how they feel about religion. And yet, when their life is in danger, all of a sudden, it's God, please help me. Now, I'm not saying, I don't know, I don't know about this woman in particular. Um, she may well be a very God-fearing, religious-attending woman. I'm not saying anything about her, but I'm just saying that it saddens me Um to see how far away from religion, whatever religion anyone belongs to, it's just important to still keep a connection to God. And it's, it's particularly important for children, um, to, you know, for families to keep uh, religion in their, in their life, because this is a time when, when it's very comforting to children to talk to them about God and about, or if, at the very least, the, the universe but it really is a lot, it's a little more meaningful if you have a God that you believe in. And um, so, for example, if you were a family that was told to evacuate um, and with your children, and you don't know if your house is going to be safe or not, and really no one knows at this point. Like I was saying about my house, it, it has been safe. I've been very grateful for that, but um, with all of these flare-ups in places where where they thought they had gotten it already, they thought it was out, it would, ne- it would never return to these places, and yet here it is with a blazing fire. So you don't, if you don't know um, if your house is going to stay safe, and as I said, no one really knows, um, then you shouldn't lie to your children and say um, you, that your house hasn't burned or, well, I mean, if you know that it hasn't burned, you can say that, but you also have to, have to admit that you, you can't say for sure that that's going to be the way it's going to be in the end. You can't um, lie and say your house won't burn, in other words. Um, you can... You can make, uh, if you're evacuated, you can make being evacuated seem like a kind of adventure, a camping trip, you know, whatever, wherever you're going. Ideally, it would be nice if you could go to a relative's home because that makes kids feel the most secure. Um, there are places, hotels and, and B&B that are offering free rooming. Um, um, you know, you can do that or... Wherever it is that you wind up going, um, you can make it turn it into an adventure. You shouldn't let children watch television, young children or preferably any children, watch television because it's very frightening and it's hard to tell where the fires are, where the blazes are coming from. So children will think that it's right near their house. Um, If your house, if you do know that your house has been destroyed, then you need to tell children, we'll get through this, we're all together, Um, we'll go back to the house when we can get back in, and we'll look for things in the ashes, there'll probably be things that have been saved. In any case, we've got each other, we've got our pets, we will put our lives back together. But you can't minimize. I mean, you know, children. For children, it's not. It's not the walls of a house that count. It's not the couch. It's um, the memories. It's the warm sofa. What you've, you know, if you've been reading to your child on a sofa, it's that sofa that they associate with the warmth, the nurturing from you. Um, if they've lost their teddy bear, you may see that as just something trivial. Oh well, we can go and buy another teddy bear. But it's if, if it's a teddy bear that they've had since they were a baby and that is something that is a transitional object in other words it's something that they um that keeps them that gives them comfort when they have it with them you know when they take it with them somewhere hopefully you will have taken that with you when you left the house these kinds of transitional objects but um children will think of you know if their house we all have magical thinking to some degree. Uh, we try to, since there's no reason for this, I mean, you, nature has, is, 
is showing how strong it is by going on whims, you know, which houses get burned down and which houses, I mean, other than the firefighters, the lack of, of resources from the other states, um, there is, some of it is whim in terms of where the embers come and which houses they land on and so on. So kids might think they're going to blame themselves if your house has been burned. Children will tend to blame themselves. They'll think of something that they did that was bad. You know, I don't know, they stole a cookie from the cookie jar, and they'll think that, that they and the family was punished because they did something bad. They were a bad boy or a bad girl. Um, everyone will have, you know, lots of people are, are vulnerable to having survivor guilt if, in fact, your house has um, survived. Um, and one of the things that I recommend for that is that if your house and in general, if you've been spared in these fires, then it's going to be very, very important that you actively, when you're allowed back in to where you live, that you actively do something. You know, donating money is nice. That's great if that's what you can do. Um, and donating things, you know, water and all kinds of things, uh, that's great. But um, also donating your time is important and uh, because lots of people are going to need lots of help. And not only is this sort of the obvious humane thing to do, but it also will help with survivor guilt. So, um, and the people who will recover best from this trauma and in general from all traumas are people who are, before the disaster happens, people who are optimistic, people who are religious, because they can look at this more easily, at, or even if it is, you know, if you, you know, it's now it's cool, it's the universe that does whatever. Um, but, but whether you believe in God or just the universe or whatever it is, if you believe um, in, in a higher power, then, um, then you, can, you can conceptualize this in the sense that um, this was meant to happen to put you on a different path and that there will be something good that will happen for you in the future. Um, that, you know, even though this seems like a disaster and, and the end of the world, really, um, there, there is something that w- good that will come out of this. Maybe you're meant to, to move <laughs> um, to a different city, not, not live in the woods, um, or maybe, and maybe you'll meet somebody um, if you move there, or you'll get a better job, or something or other. There, there will be something at the end of that path, this new path, that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't gone through this experience um, as, as sort of, you know, put, trying to put some meaning to this. If you can think of it and conceptualize it in this positive context, then it will happen that, in fact, there will be something more positive happening down the, la- down the line. But right now, right now it is... Um, Right now, it is very hard to think of things in that way, but people have to try. And if you know somebody who's going through this, um, please tell them that to conceptualize it in that way, that even though, you know, sometimes, I mean, everyone has had the experience of where something awful has happened and you think it's the end of the world, and in the end you realize that if that hadn't happened to change your path, then something else wouldn't have happened that really turned out to be a miracle. So with that, I will wish you all to stay safe wherever you may be, whether you're in the path of the California fires or other natural disasters um, or other disastrous kinds of events. Uh, I wish that you stay safe. I hope some of these things, you'll remember some of these things. And um, thank you for, for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 